So last week, uh, we looked at that passage from uh, the, the Passion in John 15 uh, about, about uh, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, although in the Passion it says, and we'll see it in a second, if you uh, are in life union, live in life union with me, life union. And so I thought, I felt like this week the Lord wanted us to get a little bit more specific and practical in that area. And so if you remember in my journaling, uh, and I put the date up here so I remember, Jesus, I was talking to him about this, about praying, uh, about ministering to one another, about receiving from him, about being in a position to give to one another. And he's, he said, this is what you do. Take your position in union with me. Ask what you will, and it will be done for you. Now, I don't normally uh, advocate preaching uh, and, and studying out of one's own journal. That's a little hubristic sounding at first, but, but I think this is important. I, I do. And so, uh, so that you know that, that there's some substantiation for me making the topic this out of my journal on the 9th. This is from another guy's journal named John. Sort of a journal. We call it a gospel. But it says this. It says, if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. So these words are from Jesus and these are from a dialogue he had with his disciples, kind of like the one he was having with me. And I'm not equating the two, but I'm not afraid of I'm not afraid of enjoying both of them either. So this is from John 15, 7, and this is in the Passion. Now, uh, tonight's message is really simple, and it'll, it'll fall quite a bit flat if we don't engage. So we'll have to see how that goes. They're not on? Okay. So... Uh, the words that I want you to, to understand it, that we're going to look at tonight, how to put ourselves in a position in our union. If you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, that's what we're talking about, some form of that. All right, so here's that same verse in three different translations. There's the passion one, but if you live in life union with me and my words live in, uh, powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. First thing I want to point out, is you, you can see that there's three parts to this verse in every one of these translations. There's the if you live or abide with me or remain in me. Then there is you can ask something. And then there is it will be done for you. Okay. So uh, in the New American Standard, it's pretty pretty succinct and straightforward. If you abide in me. So Brian Simmons expanded quite a bit when he said live in life union. Abide means to settle in, to remain, to stay to stay in me. And there is a definite parallel in the way this is written in the Greek, because if you abide in me and my words do the same thing in you, my words abide in you, they, they stay in you. They move in. Now, for a lot of my life and for a bunch of years probably, um, I sort of most of the way thought that this scripture or that part, uh, if my words abide in you, could be fulfilled in me through studying the scripture or memorizing the Bible or something like that. And I'm all for studying and memorizing, but I don't think that is exactly what that says. I think Jesus was talking to his disciples about the words that he was speaking to them 
not just the words that ultimately would be canonized and, and included in Scripture. Because if you remember in another spot, we looked at it last week, he said, you're already clean because of the words I spoke to you. So there's a, there's a bunch of dialogue. Now, if Jesus hadn't made it super clear to us that we have the right and we are designed to hear his voice, then maybe only study would answer that question. But uh, the truth is, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And you and I have the ability to hear that. We heard it today prophetically. I heard it while I was singing that song, I think. And and, and I don't mind saying I think, because uh, there aren't any angel police coming in case I was wrong to strike me down. <laughs> and I'm not claiming uh, papal infallacy or anything remotely like that. What I believe, what I believe that I, I can claim more now than I used to could, than I ever could before, is relational relevance. I believe I can claim that I have a relationship with Jesus, and he has one with me. And like most good relationships, it involves talking and communicating. And I used to think that talking and communicating with God was exclusively the purview of prayer and completely fulfilled in prayer. And and because there was so much to say, I always felt pretty inadequate and pretty big failure at praying. But once dialogue becomes part of the communication matrix with God, then it changes everything. It changes everything. And then, uh, I don't know, if I, do I see Paul up there? don't see him tonight. Oh, are you? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. So, dude, uh, yeah, there you are, buddy. And, and, and when I prayed and thought that was the fulfillment of this, there wasn't any room for silence. Because I wasn't really worried about communication. I was worried about a certain kind of dialogue, a certain kind of presentation. But We've learned recently, partly thanks to you, that, that that whole communication, the words that he speaks to us, they sometimes come in silence, like, hold me, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, silence, I forget who said it, but someone wrote, uh, silence is God's first language, everything else is a poor counterfeit. Yeah. Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask what you wish, and it'll be done for you. And then David Bentley Hart puts it this way, pretty similar. But he adds uh, a little bit of insight to the word, uh, I believe it's, uh, well, the word for abide. I can't remember his right name. Maron, Maron or something like that. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. So this is really a verse about life relationship. That's what abiding is. That's what life union is. And that's what remaining is. It's about remaining in a relationship. Remaining in a relationship. So um, I'm going to ask you the question, because there's, there's some consequences to this thing. Are you in union with Christ? We have to answer that question. And this is a case where silence doesn't fill the bill. We have to be able to voice that. We have to understand that we can say yes to that question. Now, here's why I believe it's necessary 
for us to come to the place where we understand that we can say yes. John chapter 14. There's a process going on here that's revealed about this union. And so it starts there in 16. And Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Assuming that that meant he had been with them for three years helping. Helping them know the Father. Helping them know who they were. Okay, So I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because... He abides with you and will be in you. Now, this was said the night before Jesus was arrested. Um, Forty or so days after this, this in you thing took place on Pentecost with the Holy Spirit. And, And the Spirit manifests from within the believers in a way that he had not prior to that done. Jesus also spoke about it when he taught in the temple in John chapter 7. He said, uh, you know, in that day, uh, uh, come to me and and, and drink, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And then John comments that this he spake of the Spirit who had not yet been poured out, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But this is a real thing. This is a real in us, a real uh, union thing going on here by the Holy Spirit. And then if you jump ahead in your thoughts to Ephesians, I think it's around chapter 3 or so, it talks about how the, the, the work of the Spirit makes room literally in our hearts for Jesus to dwell by faith. So there is a sense, in spite of the reality that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in the, in the heavenlies, that He also lives in us. He's, he's inside of us. And, uh, yes, Ronnie? When I was looking at that question, I actually rephrased it in my head, and it made a different impact, saying, are you aware yet of your union with Jesus? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, very good. Are you aware yet? Because there's room. Again, there's no uh, angel police that come and and whack you on the head with a lightning bolt or something if you don't don't get it at, at any one given point in time. That's good. It's very good. All right, so, but do you see how this is, this is all built around relationship and union? He's going to abide in you. He's going to stay with you. And then, verse 20 says this amazing thing. In that day. Now, I think that day can be characterized as when the Spirit was poured out. So, I feel like that day is in your background. It's in your past. How many of you would acknowledge or would, would, would say, Okay, I can see that. I believe that. I believe that that day is something that is in my past and now I'm living in. Okay, good. Wasn't as many as I hope, but good. Now, if that's true, if the outpouring of the Spirit was what Peter said, Joel said it was, which was, I will pour my Spirit out on all flesh, if that's true, then the other part of this is likely true as well. That you will know that I am in my Father. How many of you know that Jesus is in his Father? Okay, a couple more nods and hands. That's good. In the same breath, with the same breath, with the same incarnate breath, buzzing those vocal cords in the back of his throat and his lips and tongue forming words that could be heard. We could all debate about which language they were in. Not the point for tonight. 
He said, and you in me. And me in you. Now there is a, there is a parallel or a, whatever a tri-parallel would be called. What would it be called? A triple L or something. There is a shared integrity in what Jesus is saying. And he started with a, with a, a statement that I don't think any of us w- would occur to us to deny. Some people do deny it, but no, nobody in this room. Nobody on Zoom. In that day, you will know I am in my Father. That gets a big 100% rubber stamp, I agree. And you are in me. There's still a, a stamp to be made, but I fear that we don't take that as seriously as we do the first phrase. And the reason is because we know more about ourselves than is healthy for us in believing this statement. The next one is I in you. I in you. So when I ask the question properly and well edited by Ronnie, do you know that you are in union with Jesus yet? That's what you base that knowledge on. You don't base it on your analysis of it. You don't base it on, on the, the come and go feelings of it, the fleeting feelings of it. Matter of fact, you will experience it when you know it. When you trust Him to have spoken the truth. And that's all you're asking. I'm not, you don't, I'm not asking us to have to cite a whole bunch of miracles. I'm not asking us to have to cite a whole bunch of stuff. I'm saying on the basic fact of, am I in union with Jesus? Well, based on what he said, the answer to that is yes, and there is no other answer. Vicki? Yeah, uh, just, just when, when we know that he is the word, <laughs> his words are true. And so we, we, we are called to believe that when we see those words, we hear those words that become rhema to us, we are to believe them. And it doesn't matter what we see in the mirror. It doesn't matter if we're having an argument with our spouse. It doesn't matter if we've just had a major failure in our lives. His words are true. Mm -hmm. And so we walk in truth. And so we better start believing that his words are true. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, you guys probably know this chapter pretty well. If we were to back up from this section, maybe 12 verses, 11 verses, something like that, uh, Jesus declares that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus says, yes, you do. And so in the midst of doubt, and then Philip thought he would trump Thomas and said, well, look, if you'll just show us the Father, it'll be enough. And he goes, Philip, have I been with you so long that you don't realize that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And then he goes on, and he said, you know, these words aren't my own. They're the Father working in me. And then he says something interesting. He says the first half of this without the second, two-thirds. He says that I'm in my Father. He's in me. 
And, and I know that he did that so that the disciples that were listening to him would be going, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then if you go ahead of these words, down through the end of chapter 14, into 15, a little bit past where we're talking, or no, actually just a little bit before where we're talking, about the, 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 the vine thing. He said, the words that I've spoken to you have already cleaned you. Which words? This word. This is one of them. This is one. I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This is one of the words that if we'll do what Vicky says, we will receive the pruning and the cleansing that leads to fruit bearing. And the fruit bearing doesn't even have to be egotistical or megalomaniacal. Because it says, my Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. And that's all Jesus was trying to do. Glorify his Father. And that's what we are designed to do. So, in that day you will know. So the answer is, yet or not, yes. We are in union with Jesus. So, if we're in union with Jesus, what's the issue that the Lord spoke to me about, about take my position in that union? or established, or something like that. Um, yes, you are. So here they are again. John 5-7. Our union is the answer to this if. Jesus' words are the answer to this if. If you live in life union with me. Now, is it possible for us to not live in life union with Jesus, if we use Brian Simmons' version. Yeah, I think it is. Is it possible for us to not be in union with him? I don't think so. Because we didn't get in union with him by our own creative effort. He did that. It's a good thing, too, because my creative effort comes and goes. And even at its best, I wouldn't want to risk something like this on it. Dave, say again now. Live and be. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, a little more detail about the fact. Okay. The reason I think that there's an if in here, and a lot of times there's ifs in the Bible that, that are, that could be translated sense as well, but I'm okay with this saying if. If you live in life union with me, because you know, Jesus is talking in John 15 about branches that are connected and branches that are not connected and all this kind of stuff. Uh, you do understand this too, don't you? Think about this. It goes back to this question about being in union with him, even if you're not living in it, and so on and so forth. Even the branch that he alludes to that's cut off wouldn't be defined as a branch and couldn't be cut off if it hadn't been connected. So as far as ontology goes, as far as origins go, as far as our our actual existence goes, you do realize, right, that our identity, our basic core identity, is not primarily linked to our behavior. It's linked to our origin. It's linked to our origin. And even if our behavior is telling a lie about our origin, it doesn't change our origin. It can certainly influence our experience. It can certainly influence a bunch of stuff. But it doesn't fundamentally change 
the reality. And so even in, uh, Tim, I think you asked that question in spite of my begging you not to last week, about the verse I skipped, verse 6, that these branches are cut off and thrown in the fire. But they're still branches. Now Paul, if Paul were talking about it in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he would say something like, well, you know, uh, a lot of the works that this branch did that tried to live disconnected on another route, on another basis, that's wood, hay, and stubble. And yeah, it burns up. But he himself will be saved, what he says. So if you have an issue with that, take it up with Paul. We'll worry about that later. But but I think that's part of what we're talking here. We have to distinguish. We don't have to, but it, it's going to help us a lot distinguish between uh, a session of, an episode of, or a season of living as if we're disconnected, living as if what Jesus said isn't true. It's going to, without agreeing that what Jesus said isn't true. Because what Jesus said is true. If it's true about him and his father, it's equally true about him and us and us and him. And so, so even if the words come out tentative in, in, in the yet principle, even if they come in, even if you don't feel like it, even if you feel like, how can I possibly say that? How can I make that declaration? You didn't make the declaration. You're just agreeing with the one he made. You didn't, and you don't have to make it. He does, and he did. Running. This is going to sound simple and obvious, but I'm going to say it anyways. I believe and have experienced different times in life where I am more aware of my union than other times. And I think my growth goal is to be more aware of it more often. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's not always there. Mm-hmm. Very true. And what area in your life do you not let be informed more heavily by what you do experience of the truth than the times when you don't? I mean, that's just normal living, right? We let the the, the sense of affirmation, the sense of confirmation, speak loud, unless we're like really a damaged personality, emotionally. And then we let the negatives speak really, really loud. So that's what we're trying to be delivered from. But again, he's the one there. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that does speak to our union. So for, for the exercise and the purpose of tonight, for the exercise and purpose of tonight, I just want you as best you can to take Jesus at his word about you. And to say, all right, I'm in union with him. So then the little statement that he told me, take your position in that union. Do whatever you have to do to do that. Okay. Uh, Lord, I lift to you the, the feelings of disconnection and stupidity that uh, are plaguing me right now. And I'm going to just take one little step forward to agree with you that I'm in union with you. It could be just as simple as that. Probably should be as simple as that. Okay. Now the second part. I think this is the hard part of what this says. Then you can ask whatever you desire. There's a relationship there that uh, the passion brings out. It's that if you live in this life union, then you can ask whatever you desire. But we already, in the first step, just a minute ago, we already agreed as best as possible to believe that our union is real based on the words of Jesus. So you can't go back and disqualify 
what Jesus didn't qualify. Okay? You can't. Not if you're going to be true to what you just thought. And you just thought, you agreed with me, okay, I'm in union with Christ. However imperfectly, however I understand it, I'm in union with Christ. So I'm going to take my position in that union, and now I am. Not, I do not have the ability to edit what he said and make it qualified with the if. Because we already agree the if's been fulfilled. So, now we have to deal with, then you can ask whatever you desire. Or, ask whatever you wish. Or, ask whatever you wish. Do you understand... Okay, if, if, uh, if we go in a clubhouse built by some kids and there's uh, some toys here and a BB gun here and there's a slingshot and some cards and a Scrabble game with about 12 tiles missing. Okay, that's, all, that's what's in the clubhouse. And... The, the, the big cheese whose dad helped him build the clubhouse is in there. And you go, can I do, can I play with any of this stuff? And he goes, yeah, whatever you want. That is a level of, of, uh, access and, and a gift that's given, right? But it's limited, right? That doesn't mean you can jump down and go get his dad's Ford truck and take that, you know? means you can play with the Scrabble game with the missing tiles or whatever. But, but it's, not, it's not a small player with small authority that says this. It is the one who is in union with his father, who is the king of kings and the lord of lords. It is the one who laid aside his glory from the beginning and, and he, he knows everything, and, and, or a better way to put it, Everything was made for him and by him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Or the Colossians about how uh, all things came into being through him. This is Jesus we're talking about that says this. This wasn't John that said it. It's not me that's saying it. And when you read it, it's not you that's saying it. You who are in union with Christ according to the authority of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, says you can ask whatever you wish. So, yeah, Richard. I don't know if it's possible tonight, but I think it would be worthy to discuss the whatever. Okay. All right. Um, There was a time in my life when I felt like Three years studying in a Bible school and then having a, a license with the Assemblies of God and then later a couple other organizations gave me the authority to diminish what Jesus said whenever it felt awkward to me. And it thought it might lead me or somebody else into hubris and sin. So on this verse, I would add some sort of uh, hubristic and ignorant commentary like, whatever is the will of the Lord. But I don't see where I get off anymore assuming something that Jesus didn't say, especially to put limits on him. 
That's one of the reasons that the word all, in a lot of cases, means a lot more to me now than it did back in those days, because I felt, I felt apparently no restraint to define all to mean almost nobody or almost nothing. And I don't feel comfortable doing that at all right now. Dave, is that what you mean, Richard? Okay. I just think, if, at the very least, let's let it op- let's let it be as open as we can. Dave, go ahead. Okay, so whatever. When you prayed earlier about joy, I was sitting in the back of that chair and I said, fat chance, Richard. Fat chance? <laughs> fat chance. Because I wasn't feeling very good. But then I started hearing you, hearing the Spirit speak through you. And, and that's what I believe was happening. Daddy was speaking through you. And you said something about Yeshua saying, the words I speak to you, you are made clean by the words I speak to you. And that's what happened. Daddy was speaking to me through you. When he, when you said, hold me, when you said that, I burst into tears back there. <laughs> that's why I was in, on the floor. And then the joy started happening. And I've been chuckling and laughing and, you know, wanting to say, scream amen and yeah and stuff like that, but trying to be a little restrained. Okay. All right. And then to, to, to the suggestion you made about being and living, are you okay with that? Did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Good. All right. So I, I was wrestling with that and I felt like if I can find this quote, let me find it. Um, I, I don't I don't know that I'm going to be able to. Uh, so I'll just have to tell you by memory because it's on this page someplace. Yeah, from my journal. Okay, so I was having trouble with the whatever. And I, and I said, Lord, uh, I know it's unqualified, but how, how do we how do we wrap our, our hands around it? He said, okay, here's the thing. He said, I want you to do what you have to do to see yourself in union with me, to take your position in union with me. That's the first third. Yeah, we've done that. We've done that. And then the next thing is, um, and, and, and I was doing this in relationship to praying for some people. Like I was doing it partly in relation to praying for you and partly Dave for praying for you. Because there's issues I know in the room and there's issues online. And, and the idea of asking whatever has an impact on these things. Huge. Uh, I finally was able to make contact um, with some people that are one step away from Ray. And Ray is having a, a very challenging time cognitively. And um, I was, I'm not, we're not yet able to go there. And Ray did have a visitor, uh, a visitor, a friend of his, and it turned into a, a, a kind of a hostile and aggressive paranoid kind of thing. So the the home was suggesting no more visitors, but I talked to his daughter today, and she uh, is going to try to encourage them to let me come and visit them. And, uh, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but Ray was also on my mind. And so I was thinking about, and I'm certain the Lord's going to give an opportunity to go be with Ray, to love on Ray, minister to Ray. But the power of being able to go up there and ask whatever I desired, that was actually harder than thinking about union. Because what if I don't have the courage to 
ask something in the upper end of whatever? What if I don't? That reveals something in me. And so the Lord was so sweet. He said, Larry, um, and I, I think I, it might have been when I was with you, or it was, it, right, anyway, I just had one of you two in my mind. And he said, I just want you to stand there and find yourself in union, okay? And then I want you to look at, at uh, Kristen. And I want you to just, just look at her until you see her in union with me too. Just get that first part down. So there's no doubt about that. And, and that can come pretty easy for me. Now, there's, you know, no doubt. I look at you guys. If, if I pause just a few seconds on you, I can see you in union with Jesus. I can see that. Because I know parts of your story. It's not hard. And I can see me. I can see me. I mean, when I was standing over there and saying, hold me, all of a sudden I got the, that electric thing going on. Yeah, and then to hear that. You know, so I'm, I'm good with that. But now, to jump straight from there, even knowing my own union, into asking whatever for you. I'll ask, man, maybe I'll ask it for me. Who cares? You know, I mean, I can survive one way or another. Uh, if it happens or doesn't happen or doesn't happen the way things are going to happen, whatever. But I, and, and so all of a sudden, I was confronted with a pressure and taking responsibility for something that I have no possible way to actually produce by brute force. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. He says, don't ask anything yet. Just look at them until you see me and you see us in union. So I'm in union with you and I'm in union with them. All right, so I could do that. So I did. I took some time and, and, and I visualized some of you guys and, and Ray and, uh, okay, I can, I can see that. I mean, it's easy for me to see that. I can see it in me and I can see it in you. So now there's two of us here, both of us in Jesus in union with him. And then I started to formulate a whatever and he goes, not yet. He goes, I want you to, I want you to visualize the need as you understand it. You may not understand it all, but visualize the need as you understand it. And watch that need come in to the space between the two of you. Wow. So I thought of Ray's mental condition and the paranoia and the pain that's causing so many people and all that. But because, then I saw your situation, one of them, because there was this settled, glorious revelation, really, that didn't require a huge imagination or anything, of, of your union. So that means Jesus was literally occupying the same space as you, and he's occupying the same space as me. And then when the thing that is coming against you, the need, or your need, Dave, for, you know, change. Well, it just, it came in like a, like a big, ugly thing, but it just diminished, and it, it began to look transparent, like a vapor. And it, the substance of it didn't measure up to the union. You understand what I'm saying? So this is like the, the coaching that Jesus gave me. And then, it wasn't even that big a thing to ask. Whether it was healing, or vindication in the job, or you know, whatever. Or, or, or I mean, I, I could see Ray 
having the, the, the glaze lift off his eyes. And it, and it, it was weird because it produced faith in me. It didn't demand faith from me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, and, and that was just the Lord coaching me through that. He said, now, okay, now you can ask whatever you will. But be sure that you see the need that the whatever is going to be for in context of the union in these people, including yourself. So that was a big deal. That's a big deal. That's one primary thing I wanted to share with us tonight is, is that little mechanical thing. And then it will be done for you. It will be done for you. Or, and it will be done for you. Or the way David Billy Hart puts it. And it will happen. Now the deliverance that the pondering of this third section uh, did for me was I was relieved. I mean, I love it and I expect in a, in a, to a degree uh, immediate healings or immediate miracles. But I don't, I no longer despise when it takes a little while. So Dave, uh, back there, and, and this Dave was in need of a job. And he was courageous and, and humble enough to share that with our Tuesday study a few weeks ago. And a couple weeks later, we got an announcement that he got the job. And his sharing opened the door for Christ and Vicky to give this goofball prophecy of him being a little kid playing uh, Red Rover, Red Rover, or won't you come over and busting through red tape, which is exactly what the issue was that was keeping him from the job. And so when that was announced last week, we were all pretty happy in the room. And and so is there less joy in the fact that you, that it took a couple weeks? Uh, no. And it'll happen. So now... Okay, so then I realized, okay, I can be faithful to the first part because of what you said. And you showed me a way to work out my anxiety about asking the whatever. But And, and it, it wasn't even hard once I saw you, and, and it related back to the fact that, well, you're in your father, and you're in me, and I'm in you, so there's something about the relationship with you and your father that I can measure the relationship of you and me and me and you in. You know, it just it all worked together. Now, there is a sense... Because this is where I stumbled before. Because uh, you pray for a couple of things that don't happen, and then all of a sudden, you don't know if you can pray for the next one. But, and it shall happen for you. It will be done for you. It will be done. So the answer is, position ourselves in our union. Okay? You know how to do that. Ask whatever we desire and do whatever is necessary in that union to allow, allow the whatever to not be overwhelming. See it as something that obviously is capable of being done between two people, both of whom are fully in union with Christ, who is also in them and in the Father. Really. I mean, that arrangement between the Father and the Son is what everything came from when there was nothing. Okay, and then here's the easy one. Watch for it to come. I can do that. I know that feels important to me. I, I want to cry. I can do that. 
I can watch for it to come. I don't have to put myself under judgment that it has to come in 30 seconds or it's somehow diminished. I don't have to stop watching if I have to go to bed at night. I don't even have to feel guilty about what I'm saying right now, possibly sowing seeds of unbelief that might make it not happen. And I've spent a lot of time doing that in my life. Nor am I tempted to say with enthusiasm at a level that I don't feel something I don't actually believe. Because I now do believe all these things. I do believe we're in union with Christ. And I do believe that that union dwarfs any need that produces a whatever. And I can watch. I can watch. So, does that make sense? Okay. That's the end of the message. So, it's the beginning of the doing, right? So, uh, Dave, do you want to do you want to share? However, you want to characterize your need, if you're willing, I'd like you to do that so we can pray for you. Uh, you need to use the mic. Now, Zoomers that are still here, I want you guys to be ready to pray. And uh, Jim, I know that you've got some long-standing stuff with the, you know, uh, stroke recovery and stuff like that. Uh, you stand in faith on it. I, I'm amazed by it always. But I would like to, I would like to pray for you. I'd like to have some people in Zoom pray for you and be able to share back there with those guys. And I do, I do, uh, I did forget one point about the whatever. So just stay right there. Okay. Jesus uh, was notorious for doing something that seemed sometimes mean and sometimes unnecessary. So, for instance, there is a blind guy. And Jesus says, what would you like to do for me? And the guy goes, I'd like a stock tip. No, I'd like to see because I'm blind. (laughs) Or... Do you want to get well? Or do you want to stay here at Solomon's porch while everybody else is getting healed? Jesus asked the question, and that's where I think the whatever is really important. Okay? So so some of us have had some long-standing things that haven't been answered. Yours was moderately long-standing, year and a half or almost whatever. But the 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 the, the power of answering the question, whether it's spoken or not, what do you want me to do for you? Pretty powerful. Okay, Dan. That's why I'm asking you to give us something to work with. Okay, so uh, I've been working with this company for about 14 years, and uh, I was terminated this week. And that was a pretty big setback for me. I've got, it was a pretty big setback. And so that night as I was talking to Daddy about it, well, I was trying to talk to daddy but I couldn't get out of myself couldn't get away from myself and so until daddy pulled me out of myself and helped me to start talking to him one of the first things I did was I put all my stuff on the floor and uh, put my pillow on the floor and I'm laying on the floor and I'm talking to daddy, daddy so you said, got out of bed and put I got out of bed and put okay. my stuff on the floor okay. and daddy said uh, get up you're punishing yourself you're laying on a hard floor with pillows, punishing yourself. Get back in bed, and let's do this. So I got back in bed, and he put me to sleep. (laughs) 
And, but he was telling me, I mean, so many incredible things, but one of the, one of the, one of the things that really comes through tonight with what you were saying and some of my buds that I've been able to get back together with, and I just, I had to go outside and just call one of them and tell them that I, that I'm so glad daddy reunited us is the importance of us, of us knowing that he's going to touch us through us, that we are his contact point. And so we can't ever minimize what we say to each other because daddy's talking to us. I mean, he just, he, he smoked me tonight with that. I, Richard, when you said joy, yeah, really? Poke, poke. <laughs> and I, I, I had my head back like this, just looking up at daddy saying, <laughs> and the next thing I know, hold me, and then it just, and I've been chuckling and laughing like, like I've said, but, so that's my situation, and the part about, when you were talking about Yeshua being in, in daddy, and then the bottom part of Yeshua being in me, that to me was the, a, like a sandwich, and I'm right there in the middle, best yeah. sandwich in the world, and I, that's the part that gave me the joy because I know daddy's always with me. I, he never takes me to the group, no matter how I act. He is always there. And I know that Yeshua is, is in me, but sometimes Dave just goes left. Mm -hmm. And even though I know those two things, where is Dave? And so now I know I'm I'm in that sandwich, yeah. that sandwich. All right. So, what do you? Uh, what What is the arena of the whatever that you would like some of the folks in here the to pray for? The arena of the whatever is. I've been talking to my friends, um, my buds, that and Daddy has given me some talents and some abilities, and they've been saying, Dave, you need to use what Daddy's given you. You need to. You need to take those gifts that he's given you, and you need to walk in those and prosper in those. And I have been working on that. Like, you know, I've, I've written Writing a book and, 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 and stuff like that, and so I'm redoing that book. And, and, and so I want to make, I want to make that, I want, I want that to work. And I've got card ideas and stuff like that. So I want to use what Daddy's put inside of me to... You know, to walk in that. Amen. There was okay. a, there's this there's this uh, line in Chariots of Fire where the guy says, "God made me fast, and when I run, I feel His glory." And so, Daddy's given me these talents, and I want to use them and and Amen. express His glory. All right. So, some of you are going to identify with that, and then you're going to position yourself in Jesus. You're going to see Jesus, Dave, and Jesus, and then you're going to let the need. However, that what I what the Lord shared with me doesn't have to do the same thing with you, but whatever your version of that is, ask it when you realize it's small potatoes for God. It's small potatoes for Christ in you and you in Christ. Okay, doke. Uh, Isaac, um, I'm uh, I'll be traveling next week. Okay, uh, next Friday uh, to meet with a set of investors. Uh, for an um, electric car idea that the Lord has given me. Mm -hmm. um, Very exciting. Yeah. I know a little bit about it, so it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm nervous. Um, uh, the reason is, you know, when you mentioned about this, uh, whatever we desire, 
I mean, over this last uh, 30 years, God has given me so many big ideas that I, I discounted saying that I don't think, you know, I can yeah. think grand that much. And um, when uh, a few years ago, I mean, that was back in 1979, the Lord gave an idea for a missile defense system. When Ronald Reagan was the president, when I was my first year in engineering college, I said, uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote that, I said, it can work, it can work. But I debated for 30 years. And I said, maybe not. It can work. You know, you know it, it's that big? Me? You know. So finally, I had a chance to meet with the Missile Defense Agency, a manager from there at a aerospace and defense manufacturing show. And I just sketched out the diff- that whole plan to him. And I saw, like three years later, I was about to leave for India in 2019, the same different system, mm-hmm. the missile different system has, has been tried out and they're just showing me on, the, on TV, on evening news, that exact system that I drew on display there. And then when God has given me this idea for this electric car that can go over 2,000 miles per charge, I was like de- debating within myself, you know, is, it, is it possible, you know, is it just my, you know, is it... Then God says to me, one, two, three, four, five. All these ideas that I gave you, you've seen them become a reality in the world today. Big ones, small ones. So the whatever is that this meeting is So this whatever that God has given me this idea, God said, believe it, Bensley. It's my idea, it's not yours. And uh, God says, you know, it can be 10 times bigger than Tesla. If Tesla with half a million cars is worth 500 billion, if you make it 10 times, your, our company is going to be worth $5 trillion, mentally. I said, God, what is that? Okay. So. All right. Somebody's going to relate to this, and you'll get a chance. So I'm meeting uh, next Saturday with a group of investors in Texas. Okay. And God gave me the grace to go there and meet with them. And, and then I found my friend in California who was the Secretary of State in California as an, as an engineer. I met with him a few times when I lived in California. He has become the U.S. Senator now from California. Okay. And so we discussed ideas like this with each other. And the Lord said, in the stimulus money, go and ask for $500 million through him for this project. And so that's the second step. So I'm praying God's favor. Okay. You know, with him and Kamala Harris, you know, uh-huh, uh, sure. too. Uh, yeah, man, let's redeem so, some of that. So, so I'm just praying for God's success. It's already done. I, I see that. You know? Okay. All right. You know, so. All right. So we're going to, somebody will identify it and be able to pray with you. Uh, Kristen, is there anything you want to share so that we can join with you in the whatever? Yeah, please. Please. Oh boy, it's a big whatever. We're going a little long. I understand that. I'd like to go home from this trip to Michigan, free of cancer, autoimmune, and whatever restored family, <laughs> uh, restored family, uh, my yeah. family together, um, whole. Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. See this this whatever thing helps us hear prayer requests too. It helps mm-hmm. it helps us make a place where you can ask, even beyond what seems possible. Uh, because again, the possibility isn't measured against the history. It's not measured against our resources. It literally is measured against this amazing thing of being a branch in the vine, hooked to the root, linking back to David, linking back to the covenants, linking through to everything that God has ever done. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so you guys heard that. 
And somebody want to identify with that? Anybody else? Okay, Tim. Yeah, I don't have a prayer need, but uh, this is something I just felt like I needed to say is I've learned a long time ago not to put God in a box, mm-hmm. you know. And I often thought about Jesus and just reminded watching The Chosen, you know. He healed people in different ways. He rubbed eyes, a mud on one guy's eyes, you know. People dropping through roofs. He said, go home, your servant is healed. We all love the miraculous healings, you know. And we want to brag about those, you know, look what Jesus did for me. But you know what? He uses doctors. He uses alternative medicine. He uses hospitals. It's all him. The healing still comes from him. And so if you don't experience the miraculous, it doesn't happen instantaneously. So I watch his important. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. just watch and see it come. Yeah, watch Watch and and wait. Yeah. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the phone didn't ring when when Dave a few weeks ago made his prayer request, but uh, that didn't that doesn't say, mean anything. It, it doesn't diminish anything. Okay, good. All right, good. Yes, okay, uh, I just got a prayer request from a friend. Her brother is in the hospital with COVID, and he's at the he's at a pivotal point where um, he's having difficulty breathing. They've given him as much oxygen as possible, and they're at the point where they're going to have to intubate and put him on a ventilator. But, okay. you know, she's asked for prayer. Okay. His name is Mark. Mark, okay. All right, and then so so some of you guys will uh, re- relate to that. All right, so Father, thank you for the opportunity that, oh gosh, this, there's no way to talk about this and do it justice. How incredible is it that you sent your son to be innocent with us. That your spirit is innocent with us forever. And that now, through us, to us, you want to release the reality of your kingdom in the lives of the people around us. Some of these folks, Lord, they're going to need us to look at them and see Jesus because they're not, they, no, nobody's told them that, that he's there. Nobody's told them that, he can, that they can see that. And so we'll do that. We ask for help to do that. And then others of us, Lord, it's going to be easy to take our position. And then we're going to have to do whatever we have to do so that the whatever isn't overwhelming. But we give ourselves to you to take our position in union with you. Join with the ones that have expressed needs. Ask whatever they wish and whatever we wish and know that it will be done. So, the only possible response to this is for us to do this and pray for one another. (laughs) That's the only possible response. 